0: amen well good morning folks we are in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 2nd Thessalonians 2 if you need a Bible raise your hand anybody need a Bible everybody's good everybody's got their sword awesome oh somebody's phone whose phone is this don't know it's mine you can get it later Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, <laughs> We've been moving through the Scriptures. Um, we kind of parked it here for the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is post-rapture part 3. So we're on the third installment of this uh, looking at what happens after the church is taken out of the way we see there in verse 7 that it says for the mystery of the lawless one is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan with all power signs lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, we just ask that You would uh, bless this time and open our eyes to see truth, Lord. We thank You that we won't be going through these things, but Lord, as we look at these things and study Scripture today, we will see how close we are to You coming for Your church, and so we rejoice in that. We give You all the praise and glory and ask You to open our hearts right now to receive truth and have a better understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. as we look into the things of the tribulation they're gnarly it's going to be like the world has never ever seen and if you're here today and you don't know jesus christ as your lord and savior you haven't fully made that commitment you will meet the antichrist you will see The judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. Good news, if you're a believer, you're not going to see any of this. We're not looking for the Antichrist as Christians, we're looking for Jesus Christ. And Paul, sending this letter to the Thessalonians because somebody had sent them a false letter Supposedly written by Paul saying that you missed the rapture you're in the tribulation and now you're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ the day of the Lord or the day of Christ Jesus at the end of the seven year period will come down from heaven riding a white horse we will all be riding horses with him so if you don't know how to ride you will know how to ride and we're going to watch him come down and set evil straight and then set up his kingdom so the Thessalonians were looking for the Lord coming from heaven and Paul reminds them saying listen that can't happen until first there's a falling away and the lawless one the son of perdition the man of sin is revealed speaking of the Antichrist so how do you have a falling away a total falling away I mean the church has been falling away from truth ever since the first century the seven letters to the seven churches was a warning to those churches to get back on track so how do you have a total falling away well when the church is raptured out when all the true believers are taken off the planet that only leaves unbelievers Whose eyes need to be opened during the tribulation to receive Jesus Christ. They are called tribulation saints. They're not the church. The Old Testament saints is not the church. The tribulation saints is not the church. You and I experience unique things that no other group ever did. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The tribulation saints are told to die for Christ. We are told to live for Christ. This antichrist will be revealed, this lawless one. We just read some of the stuff. He's going to deceive people, he's going to have power, he's going to do signs, lying signs, and wonders. He will trick the whole world, he'll be smooth talking. Last week, I told you my opinion, he'll probably be about 30 years old. He counterfeits everything God does. Did you know the Lord has his mark on you? Did you know that? When the Father looks at you, he sees the blood of the Lamb over your doorpost. Praise the Lord. So when you hear about the mark of the beast, you shouldn't be surprised. God's got his mark on you. He wants everybody to have his mark on them. He counterfeits everything the Lord does. Jesus is God. He wants to be God. Jesus started His ministry at 30. That's why I say my opinion, this guy will rise up. A brilliant orator in such a way everybody will marvel at the things that comes out of his mouth and he'll probably be about 30. Because we see three and a half years into the Antichrist ministry, he's assassinated has the appearance of death and then gives the appearance of he raising himself from the dead. Isn't that funny how Jesus had a three and a half year ministry and died and rose from the dead? That's why I say my opinion, the Antichrist will probably be about 30 years old. He's going to have all the answers. The world's going to be in chaos. He's going to sign a seven year peace treaty with the world. All the Christians will be gone. Ezekiel 38 will take place where Russia and and Libya and Turkey and Iran will come against Israel and God will intervene and wipe out five-sixths of the enemy. Squashing Islam. Wiped out. And this so-called man of peace, this Antichrist, will sign a peace treaty in the Middle East and we'll see the rebuilding of the temple. You know, it's funny... Um, when you're in Israel, you can't. Re- it's hard to witness to, to Jews because they, they just get put off. They, they feel like you're just trying to get a notch on your belt. You don't really care about them, you know. Say the prayer and I can walk away and feel good about myself. So it's really hard to tell them about the Word of God. So what I've learned is you've got to wait for an open door, you've got to wait for them to bring something up. And one time we were in um, the Knesset, that's their government parliament building meeting with some officials and I was sitting with these officials there and they were all talking about, uh, the, the temple Institute. They were talking about this group they got going where they're getting everything ready. They've got everything in place to build the temple. They have all the vessels. They have the Sanhedrin all set up. They got the priests all prepared. They've got the red heifer. They got everything they need. They got the blueprints. They just need somebody to give them the okay. And they were so excited about what they were sharing and I was listening and everything and I was marveling and all of a sudden one of them looks at me and he goes, what do you think about that Pastor Steve? And I go, you're asking me what I think because now they'll listen. I said, this person you're looking for to help you rebuild the temple when you find him, this guy you need to run as far away from him as you can. You know what they said? Oh, you mean the Antichrist? I was like, That's exactly what I mean. Jesus said, I came in my own name, you receive me not. Another will come in his name and him you will receive. They just want that thing built. Crazy. Santa Christ will help them build this temple and then three and a half years into it'll sit down and proclaim himself to be God, worship me or die and people are going to worship Satan crazy do we have Satan worshipers today do we <laughs> yeah it's full-blown it's out it's in your face now there's no hiding there's no secrecy I mean you look around and you will marble marvel not marble It's so in your face. Go to Denver, Denver Airport. There's a whole underground compound they built when they built that airport. It's all dedicated to satanic worship. They've got gargoyles in the airport. Everybody's driving around with bumper stickers powered by Satan. Satan worshiper. It's just in your face. Look what happened in California this week. The schools. They are now putting in a new after-school program called Satan's Club. And the Christians are outraged. But here's the interesting thing. If the Christians get their way, they might be able to stop this after-school club thing, but it might be at the risk where they just X out every after-school club because of freedom of speech. Well, if we're not going to have the Satanic Club, then we can't have the after-school Christian Club. And if they don't stop this, then you're going to have these Satan clubs popping up in schools here on this island. Check into what your kids are learning. Hello. And it's funny is that this club, this Satan club, is driven by a group called the Satanic Temple Institute. And they're saying, oh, calm down. Take it easy. We're not, we're not trying to indoctrinate your kids. We're just trying to show them that they have the power to do anything. Oh, Please. Did you guys see the, uh, the new Disney holiday, holiday uh, performance theater show? Did anybody see that? So he- here's what's going on right now. Disney's got a play, a musical. And you got all the kids are running around dancing and singing the song, and everybody's dancing, and all the kids got a card with a letter on it. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the song, they all join into formation, and it says, we love Satan. Merry Christmas. It's in our face. The satanic things that's going on in our country it, with human trafficking, it's satanic. They're molesting these little kids and killing them. They're 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 doing stuff to these kids that you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. That's why our borders are open. need more kids. Don't fool yourself. There's some stuff going on that would sicken you. I can't even say it's too graphic, what's going on behind the scenes with these abducted children. This Antichrist is going to make everybody take his mark or... Or die and here's the thing you need to understand if you're not a believer today and you're here and you don't believe in Jesus Christ you haven't made that commitment you will meet this guy and if you don't take his mark they will kill you if you take his mark you're done there's no repenting God makes it very clear in his word you take this mark you're done there's no chance for heaven Right now, there, there's nothing you can do that God wouldn't forgive you for. The church, the, this time, this time frame, we're in the dispensation of grace. If, if I met what no matter how bad I screw up, I can say, Lord, will you forgive me? He'll forgive me. The only thing he won't forgive right now is those who refuse what he's offering, the gift of salvation. That's it. But in the tribulation, you may say, I believe in God, but if you take this mark, you won't be able to take the mark and then turn around and say, Lord, forgive me. It ain't going to work. You're done. Do you understand that? That's why This is why I, I urge you guys, get the Gospel out. There's people headed this direction. You can escape the tribulation this morning By asking Jesus into your heart give your life to the Lord and you need to understand that no one listen to me carefully because I don't want anybody to misquote me. No one is in hell because of their sin. They're in hell because they've refused what Jesus is providing. Salvation. Because we're all sinners. You're only saved because of what Jesus provides. And you took it. You're still a sinner. Nobody's in hell for their sin. They're they're in hell for rejecting the gift that Jesus is offering. There in verse 11, he says, And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. If you're here today and you know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but you reject what He's offering because you still want to live in sin... You may say, well, when the tribulation happens, then I'll give my life to the Lord. But it says here, God's going to send a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie because they did not believe the truth. And then he goes on to say that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Why are they going to hell? Because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Is that running rampant today? Check this out. 2 Timothy 3.1 about this very thing says but know this that in the last days perilous times we're there folks this is it it's all going down Paris perilous, perilous times will come now see if this describes what we're seeing out there today men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self control brutal despisers of good traitors headstrong haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God sounds like Hollywood and politics right and these people that I just described in 2nd Timothy lovers of pleasure is exactly what paul just said right here because they they had pleasure in unrighteousness and those people will meet the beast they will meet the antichrist i want to show you a little bit more about who this antichrist is if you turn with me to revelation chapter 13 we're going to take a look at who he is and we're going to take a look at who the false prophet is so you'd be ready to have answers for every man now, we're going to cover a lot of Scripture. I'm pretty, just, pretty much going to read Scripture this morning. What a concept, huh? Yeah. Now, there's going to be some confusing stuff that I'm going to read because, you know, actually, let, we'll back it up to Revelation chapter 12 to kind of set a, a setting, a place, so you can kind of understand where, I'm, where we're coming from. We're going to look at chapters 12 and 13. I could spend weeks on those chapters. So I'm going to go through it kind of fast, I'm going to just tell you what it's saying simply. And you might say to yourself, where did you get that from? I got it from other scriptures in the Bible, but we don't have time to talk about that. So you can do a study on your own or ask me afterwards if you have any questions. So I'm just going to simply read it and lay it out to you what that means. You can take it down in your notes and and check it out later. Don't take my word for anything. Search the scriptures to see if what I'm saying is so. But let's back it up to 12 and let's get a little history as John takes us all the way back to the birth of Jesus. He says in chapter 12 of Revelation, verse 1, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and her head a garland of 12 stars. Who's that? Israel. The 12 stars represent the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob. Okay? Verse 2, Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. This is a description of Israel giving birth to the Messiah. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, the great fiery red dragon, Satan. Having seven heads, speaking of seven empires, ten crowns, ten horns, speaking of those of authority, seven diadems. They're not Stephanos like you and I are getting. They're just positions of authority. On his head. He drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. So when Satan fell, way back when, he drew a third of the Of the angels with them that fell with them we don't know how that number that's tens of tens of thousands I don't know okay and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born she bore a male child Jesus Christ that's who it is who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron that's our Lord And her child was caught up to God and His throne. When Jesus was born, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, Satan was trying to take Him out. He knew He was the answer for those that have fallen into sin. He knew that He had to stop the Messiah from coming, and He was trying to do that all the way from the beginning. Genesis 3. And God says, I'll put enmity between the woman and between the woman's seed and your seed. Now, interesting, the woman doesn't have a seed. Women don't have a seed. The male has the seed. So prophecy in Genesis chapter three of a virgin birth of the Messiah coming. And God would put enmity between her seed and Satan's seed. Interesting, Satan's got a seed. You remember when the angels fell, they came down to earth, they took the daughters of men as wives, and they had these wild beings? Satan, no doubt, has been trying to put an Antichrist in place throughout the generations to stop the Messiah from coming. If you ask me, is the Antichrist alive today, I'd say absolutely. I don't know who he is, but I believe he's alive. But if you would have asked me 100 years ago if he was alive, I'd say absolutely. I think Satan's always had a seed and that's crazy to think that somebody would bring forth a child from him. He had to have one in place, and in this period of time, he's taken us back two thousand years. John is right now in chapter twelve to the birth of Jesus Christ. Who was Satan using back then? Herod, because what happened? Remember when the Magi came, and they said we've come to worship the king. And Herod's like, he was like, he oh, the king. Well, when you find him, let me know so I, I can come worship too. And in and, and actuality, he was like, hey, I'm not going to have any other king except me. You tell me where he is so I can come kill him. That's why he proclaimed to kill every male two years old and under. Because the Magi showed up some two years after Jesus was born. Did you know that? It was the shepherds that were at the birth, not the wise men. Because when the wise men got there a couple years later, they found Jesus in a house, not in a manger. So you see our little nativity scene over there? You see the three wise men? It'd be better we put them in the lobby. Be more accurate. And so Herod tried to stop the Messiah. He failed. And the child was caught up to God in the throne. These verses are starting to jump around because then verse 6 says the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that she should that should be fed her there 1260 days. So we know from scriptures let me define this so what's happening it takes us back 2000 years to when Jesus was born died on the cross You read there, and her child was caught up to God. The word is harpazo. And and many people call this the ascension of Jesus Christ. I I don't think that's what it's referring to right here. Because harpazo means to be snatched out violently, quickly. When we're out of here, we're gone in a twinkling of an eye. That's faster than a blink. When Jesus ascended, remember, he just kind of floated up, waving goodbye, and the, the disciples were like, He he didn't go super fast. But you say, Steve, this is singular. This is one person, it says, was caught up. Yeah, the person of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. I think this is a reference to his birth and then the end of the church era where the church is taken out. And then in the middle of the tribulation, Antichrist sits down and says, I'm God, worship me or die. And then verse 6, the eyes of Israel, it says the woman fled into the wilderness. We know this doesn't happen until three and a half years into the tribulation because they flee to where? Petra. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they should feed her. There, 1260 days. It's a reference to the last three and a half years. You're going to see 42 months. You're going to see time, times, and half a time. It's all the same thing. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and the archangels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Can you say, Praise God? They that overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death, therefore rejoice, O heavens! You do well in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath. He knows that he has a short time. Wow! So during the tribulation... Satan is cast out of the heaven with the fallen angels did you know he has access right now He gets you to do something you shouldn't do and then he rats you out immediately Come on take the bait come on. You know you want to do this come on and you know it's always something that's fun Uh Otherwise you wouldn't do it. I Mean if he was like, you know, hey or here eat Brussels sprouts. You're like no I don't have a thing for Brussels sprouts. It ain't gonna happen. It's always something good. He dangles it. Then when you take it and you do it and you fall, he runs right to the Lord and says, look at Steve. Isn't he a sorry sap? You look in the book of Job and it sees Satan and the angels coming before the Lord. He was coming to and fro on earth. He's he's all frustrated and he's going before the Lord. But there will come a time when he'll be casted out and all those angels be thrown out and all heaven rejoices because it's cleansed of him. His abominations, but then they go, woe to you guys, because he's coming down and he is upset. Good news, we won't be there. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, Israel, who gave birth to the male child, Jesus, But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, singular times, plural and half a time. Another three years, it says this is still speaking of the middle of the tribulation when he decides he wants to be worshipped. Worship me or die. Israel's eyes will be open to who the Messiah is and Jesus will say, run when you see the abomination of the desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, don't stop to get your coat. Don't go to the bank. Don't go to the versatile. Get out. Run. And they're going to run to a place called Petra. Now you say, wait, how, how is the enemy not going to find them with technology we have today? Um, we're talking about God is the cloak. Remember when they went to kill Jesus and he just walked right through the crowd and they couldn't find him? Uh, nothing is impossible for our Lord. So, she will flee to the wilderness, and then it says, verse 15, So the serpent spewed out water out of his mouth like a flood, no doubt an army, after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, with Israel, and went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, you know, we we saw in the Scriptures where God opened up the earth and uh, dropped the enemy before. So this army coming after Him will come like a flood. God will deal with it. They'll be fine. But now let's look at the two beasts. Of tribulation we're gonna look at the Antichrist first we're gonna look at the false prophet and then we're gonna wrap this whole thing up I got a lot of stuff here and I hope I'm not confusing you chapter 13 verse 1 John says and I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and on the horns the ten horns crowns and on his heads blasphemous name now this antichrist who is totally possessed by satan rises up out of the sea it's the sea is a reference to nations out of all the world nations that there ever was that ruled the world seven heads and ten horns is a reference to seven past ruling empires world ruling empires the ten horns represent ten Men with authority in the last world rule, yeah. which is the tribulation, one world. Our, our, our earth is already pushing for a one world rule right now. They want it in place by 20, 2030. Yeah. Seven years away, they want one global rule, one global everything. So, what are the seven previous dominating world powers? Well, the first one was Assyria, yeah. second was Egypt. And if you go to Daniel and you look at the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, they were the third one. Babylon was was the head of gold. And then there was Persia, which was the Medo-Persians. And then there was Alexander the Great. And then the sixth one was Rome. The seventh one is a revised Roman Empire. The ten horns represent those ten kings or ten people in authority running that last empire. And if you study Daniel 7 carefully, this guy will be the 11th horn that comes out in the midst of the bunch. Three are going to come up against him, and he's going to shut them down, and everybody's going to fall in line. I hope I haven't confused you. Verse 2, chapter 13, Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like a bear, his mouth like a lion. And the dragon gave him power and his throne and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it was been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed. So, <clears throat> if you look at Daniel, Daniel spoke of these empires from Babylon forward. It's almost like John's looking backwards. Because in Daniel's time, he spoke of... Babylon as that lion, the Medo-Persians as the bear, Greece as the leopard, and Rome as this uh, mighty, terrible, awesome, weird creature, beast, ferocious beast with iron teeth, stamping everything down quickly. Here he's looking backwards. The dragon's running the show. Satan's running the show. And, and he describes as a leopard because Alexander the Great took everything, took the world quicker than any other world empire ever took control of the world. And so this Antichrist, this possessed person with the devil will take the world quicker than anybody ever seen anybody do it before. And he'll do it with peace. He's referred to as a bear because he's going to cover more ground than any other world empire ever did. And certainly the Persia, when they were in power, had a more extent... uh, Covering than anybody else and then he has a mouth like a lion referring back to Nebuchadnezzar who spoke arrogantly and this man will be arrogant and it says he's gonna have a deadly wound there's gonna be three that come up against him he's gonna put them down everybody's gonna get in the line but you know when he divulges that he wants to be worship as God take my mark take the 666 take whatever it is or I'll kill you the eyes are open and people start freaking out and running somebody no doubt tries to assassinate him shoots him Zechariah chapter 11 talks about this Uh, shoots him in the arm just destroys his arm shoots him in the eye I mean I'm assuming it's a sniper I'm just assuming my opinion and he has the appearance of being dead and the whole world it's like he's dead, and and then he gives the appearance of raising himself from the dead. And it says there, um, verse three, and I saw one of his heads as it had been mortally wounded, and a deadly wound was healed, and all the world marvelled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who's able to war against him? They're all just going to fall right in line. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and was given authority to continue for what? Three and a half years, 42 months. Remember, God's calendar is 360 days a year, not 365. Then he opened his mouth and blasphemies against God. Now check this out. He not only blasphemies against God, he blasphemies against God's name. He blasphemies against his tabernacle and he blasphemies those who dwell in heaven. crazy it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them so during this seven year period saints are going to be put to death he's going to overcome them and authority was given him over every tribe tongue and nation he's a world leader all who dwell on the earth will worship him can you believe that whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword will be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast. Now this is the false prophet. I saw another beast come out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like the dragon. So what's that all about two horns horns are a symbol of power and authority no doubt this religious guy this false prophet, will have political power but he's also going to have the second horn religious power he's going to appear holy but he speaks like the dragon isn't it funny how Satan tries to copycat the Trinity. The father the son the Holy Spirit you got Satan trying to be the father you got the Antichrist trying to be the son and you got the false prophet being the unholy spirit who will deceive many and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell on the earth to worship the beast so it's going to be this religious leader who is going to put a one world religion and he's going to force everybody to worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes th- Fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast that was wounded by the sword and lived. And he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name here is wisdom let him who has understanding calculate that the number of the beast for it is the number of man his number is 666 so this false prophets going to have power he's going to do miracles these aren't parlor tricks he's going to do miracles he's going to deceive the people he's going to cause them to worship the beast I think this is something that most people don't understand is the one that's murdering Christians is not the Antichrist it's the it's the religious ruler the false prophet is the one that's killing everybody he's been given the authority by the the Antichrist the first beast to perform these things and so you got to take the mark so what's the mark Everybody's always also worried. We've been worried for about the last 50 years. I mean, when barcodes started coming out, everybody thought that was the mark of the beast. Why? Because in the barcodes, it's divided up by three sixes. There's a six in the beginning. There's a six exactly in the middle. And there's a six on the end. Everybody's going, it's the mark of the beast. No. This is something that will clearly identify you with the beast. And so people get hung up on on numbers. You know, uh, I got a credit card with a chip. Is that the mark of the beast? Is my social security number the mark of the beast? I've had so many people come up in the last year just asking me, I I took the vaccine. Did I take the mark of the beast? And I'm like, no. Don't get all freaked out. Your number is not the issue here. His number is. Your number is who you are. It's His number you take that identifies you with Him. So, it's almost like it's a prefix. And everybody's going to get in line for this. Do you understand that? I mean, they're going to be in a tough time. They're not going to get food. They're not going to get medical. They're not going to get supplies. He's going to come out smooth-talking. He says, hey, you guys need food? Yes! You need supplies? Yes. You need medical? Yes. He goes, join my program. And they will get in line to take this mark. He said, yeah, just, you know, hey, you know what? Are you guys sick of the black market? I mean, the drug cartel, the crime, the human trafficking. We can stop all that if we get rid of cash. We can squash the black market. Yeah. Join my team. Take my number. And you'll get the food and the supplies and the, and the medical attention that you need and we'll stop the black market and everything will be wonderful. And people will get in line. See, see, it'll probably be like a prefix to whatever number you already have, right? So you know how like you have an area code? Okay, so it'll be 666, area code, your number. 666. Social Security number six 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 credit card number sick. You see what I'm saying Because I don't I don't really think someone's gonna take like a six 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 on their hand tattoo or on their forehead I mean it'll probably be something like a chip and don't be surprised because they're already chipping everything they, They're chipping livestock, so people can't poach they're they're chipping your you, you guys have already chipped your pets so he can find them if they run away. They're chipping children in Europe because of human trafficking. They're chipping special ops in the military so they can locate them and monitor their health. So it's already in place. Israel's got a chip that's so small, it's a quarter of a size of a grain of sand. They just put that thing right on you and then scan you and they see that prefix 666 in the scan and they go, all right, you're one of his, here you go. We're already being programmed for that. Do you know that? Let me read something to you. Let me read. Let me read to you um, first Kilaueans. Chapter 13, verse 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mask. Or a face shield on their forehead. Of course, I'm, there's no first kill away, so I'm just joking. But you see how we're already being programmed? You were told you could not buy or sell without a mask. I watch people get dragged out of Costco by the authorities and have their membership canceled for life. Because they didn't want to wear a mask. I saw people get dragged out who had their mask down and their nose exposed. People were in fear. So, you know, this isn't, this, we're being programmed right now. So, when it comes to, hey, you can't get the stuff you want until you. So let's go back to 2 Thessalonians verse 13 and finish the rest of this chapter and wrap this up. i got two minutes to pull this off. So Paul says in light of all this, in light of everything that he's been talking about, in light of the deception that's going on, he then in verse 13 says, but. I like, but I like when I read in the scriptures all this stuff that's happening, and then God says, but as being a pastor for over 20 years and counseling people, here's one thing I've learned when someone comes in for counseling, and they're, they're laying out everything they're going through and everybody involved and all that's happening. And then when they're done doing that for 20 minutes, all of a sudden they say, but I immediately identify that everything that they just said is thrown to the wayside because now they're going to tell me how they really feel. And I think Paul's kind of doing the same thing here. Verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. So in other words, what he's saying, he said, in light of the Antichrist, in light of the deception and all the lies and the mark of the beast and the delusions and the judgments that are come upon the earth and all that stuff that's going through the tribulation. Verse 13, but forget all that stuff. Because that's not our portion. We won't be there. That's what he's saying to him. He says, I know all this stuff is troubling you. This Antichrist, the delusion, all this stuff, but you're not going to be there. Why? Because God loves you. We give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. Amen. That is good news right there. Now, it says he chose us. Now, that messes with people. You mean God chooses who he wants to save and the rest he casts in hell? Nope, I'm not saying that. Well, isn't that what it says? Some are chosen and some are. I get that. But you got to remember that God is omnipotent. He knows everything. He knows everything about you before you were born, before the foundations of the world. And because He knows you and salvation is still a free will thing, You have the right to choose or to refuse. That's your call. He doesn't mess with your free will. But being omnipotent, he knows what you chose before you were born. So he knew that in 1987, Steve Rex was going to give his life to the Lord. He says, I'm going to make you a pastor. I never would have believed it back then. But he said, I chose you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace to save a wretch like me and then actually allow me to serve him. Verse 14, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, here's our encouragement for the day stand fast. It's a nutty world. Stand fast. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by the word or our epistle. What's he saying? Hang on to the word of God. If you don't know this word of God, something funky is going to come in front of you and you're going to buy it hook, line and sinker because you don't know the truth. But when that comes and you know the truth because you read your whole Bible more than once and you go, that's not in the Bible. You can't show me. I don't receive that. And then you share the gospel with them they need jesus verse 16 now may our lord jesus christ himself and our god and father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work praise the lord God loves you. He's established you. And and, and where he says in every good word and work, we're not saved by works. But works are a reflection of a transformed life. James says, you say you have faith, show me your works, I'll show you my faith by my works. He wasn't contradicting Paul at all. He said, I'm right on track with Paul, but true transforming faith brings forth good works, forgiveness, love, kindness, joy. Let me close with this. I just want to make three points. Number one, we as Christians believe the truth number two we are to guard the truth and number three we are to practice truth our lives should reflect the truths we say we believe in amen father we thank you for the word of god lord open our eyes in such a way that we have a passion to serve you And a passion to reach the lost just to tell someone how much you love them and what you did for them Lord God open doors give us divine appointments pour out your spirit on us Lord God empower us let us see the Word of God like we've never seen it before give us wisdom from above and just a heart of the Father to love to forgive and to share the good news Of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.